Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Propaganda.Earth. Earth is a domain. I'm your host, the Propaganda Hitman, and my able-bodied, fearless leader is called Wheels of Steel. And this show is sponsored by The Blog. The Blog is a .store domain, so if you were to go to Propaganda Earth, all one word, remember the show is Propaganda Earth. Earth is one of the newfangled domains, and so is Store. www.propagandaearth.store, and right there, there are two blogs. So Eric is an... There is a, uh, the Propaganda blog, which is chiefly the template for the show. Many things that uh, are visual that we really can't cover are there. The audio files are there or a little bit and then linked to. And the show is sponsored by also the fine quality blood type specific pre and probiotics. And let me tell you, I think vitamin C is important, E, A, B, all the different Bs, but believe me when I tell you, there is nothing more important than getting the gut bacteria right. If you were born in the 80s forward, you've been slammed, 2000s cremated by uh, vaccination and these vaccines they tell us are effective but then they talk about herd immunity and they want 90 95 98% of the community being vaccinated why what if 99% weren't vaccinated and one was shouldn't the vaccine work what does it take everybody to be vaccinated so then and only then it works you know what? This logic doesn't add up. But the facts are that in kindergarten through 12th, you've never been taught to say, says who and why and whose, gre- whose griddle is being greased by turning this generation into not just human pincushions, but into the greatest experimentation on the human species one could ever envision. It's a fake, it's a fraud, and we're destroying our children. So, how do you do your best to counteract it? Before those kids get all those vaccines, you've got to get the proper pre-probiotic in their body that is specific for blood type. So when you go online and you see these formulations with 12 and 16 and 18 and you think, boy, that's great. Number one, there's only so much you can get in a pill. 
So there's something in the industry that's known as window dressing. It means that there's all sorts of stuff on the label to impress you, to market to you, to sell to you, but it's window dressing. There isn't enough in there to have an impact on your life. Number one. And number two, what if 50% of those pre-probiotics were actually neutral to your blood type, meaning of no value? And what if some 25% were negative to your body? So half are beneficial, half serve no purpose, and 25% are actually negative. Do you think it's worth the investment? I don't think so. And that's why after 25 years of distributing and then formulating dietary supplements, we've thrown in the towel and recognized that blood matters. In fact, it makes all the difference in the world. So at our blog, www.propagandaearth.store, you can get a blend of pre-probiotics specific for your blood type, for your family, your children. And while you're at it, it's not gratuitous. It's magnificent. There is a sip right for your type T, specific to your blood type. The RH factor, meaning negative or positive, means nothing in this matter. It only has to do with whether you can be a donor or not. It doesn't impede digestion, assimilation. So whether you're an O or an A, a B or an AB, we have a pre-probiotic blend for you, and we also have Cipryte T, magnificent, for your blood type. So without any further ado, in celebration of Martin Luther King's birthday, this is a jam-packed show. Thank you, Ray Charles. Oh, purple mouth, yeah. 
sharing grace on me. And don't let anybody convince you otherwise. And we need to live up to it every day. Every day. Every day. Thank you, Ray. God can do for you, but how you can work God's majesty on this earth during your lifetime. Another American legend. Now, you've heard this before, Another but I want to remind you that maybe you can listen to it differently rather than just tune out Pay attention, and when it's done, we're going to show you how far, in my humble opinion, we have fallen. Okay, now we got Martin. Ready? Yes. Today and tomorrow, I Hold on dream. It is a dream deeply rooted in the American dream. I have a dream that one day, this nation will rise up if we have the right leaders the true meaning of its creed. We hold these truths to be self evident we don't have a, that all men a party are of race babies. We're people that come from love and patience. I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia. Sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will they be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood? I have a dream that one day even the state of Mississippi, a state sweltering with the heat of injustice, sweltering with the heat of oppression, will be transformed into an oasis of freedom and justice. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. I have a dream today. I have a dream that one day down in Alabama with its vicious racists, with its governor having his lips dripping with the words of interposition and nullification. One day right there in Alabama, little black boys and black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as sisters and brothers. I have a dream today. I want to pause for just a moment. It's so telling, so telling, at this moment, in time, a man 
a man who defied all odds, a man who rose up from a integrated New York. Now, I'm not suggesting that poor black folk live in Trump Tower, and I'm not suggesting rich white people live in Spanish Harlem. But what I am suggesting is that in this city, the shining city on the hill, a city of absolute, where black and white work side by side, where black and white eat together, dine together, think together, sing together, walk together, share the same subways, are in the same offices, office buildings. And out of that city comes a man who says, what do you have to lose? That since they put a bullet in Martin Luther King's head, and they thought they ended hope, a generation of black men and women who all fought behind the scenes for who is the standard bearer of MLK himself, who walked around showing as if they had the stigmata, as if they had relics of the, of the slain Jesus, walk around with relics in bloody shirts to show their bona fides. But I'll tell you, Black men and women in those days were better educated, better opportunity, more business experience, more black farmers than today. It's been a conspiracy of the Democrats to move them from the farm plantations to the poverty mills, to the welfare mills, to the public housing, to the failed schools. And the black ministers scream on Sunday and see the drugs on Monday. They make sure that SNCC and CORE and NAACP are all funded. And Jesse's Rainbow Coalition and whatever... Rolex watch or limo SUV Sharpton drives in. Because it sure to me looks like Jesse Jackson hasn't missed a meal. And Sharpton hasn't missed a damn meal. And John Lewis hasn't missed a meal. But I know many of their black people have missed meals and go to bed hungry. So they've shaken down white America because rich black America ain't playing it and ain't paying it. And then came along a guy from New York City, a man who is an African-American woman who has made, risen through the ranks of his business, and he gave her the opportunity to run a vineyard. And let me tell you, a vineyard is no joke. This is not like making a car. It's the same piece of damn machinery. It's the same parts. 
a vineyard is completely susceptible to the soil, to the seasonality and the cycles of bugs and rain and lack thereof. And she makes for Donald Trump a breathtakingly delicious wine. And Donald has women and black men and black women forever, not because he was running for for president, because this is who he is. And Jim Brown came along, a running back, and said, I didn't vote for him, but he's right. What do we have to lose? I sat down but with see, him. I met with him. Now, would you want me to tell you what he said today? But I'll tell you one thing that about Donald Trump and Jim Brown and black America. Donald Trump poses an existential threat to the Democrat Party because if he is blessed by Providence and by the American people, in eight years he could turn the party of Lincoln black back to the people. It was Lincoln who freed the slaves, and it could be Donald J. Trump, Donald John Trump, who freed black America from decades of the new Jim Crow, and that's not my term, that's Michelle Alexander, a black American scholar, her term. Do you want to finish, Martin? we got a lot to cover tonight. i got a lot, a lot, I'd a like lot. you to continue with Donald, with uh, Martin, please. Okay, i got a lot. I mean a lot. Martin, then you're going to go to... Right, I know what I'm going to... Okay, do you got a... A lot. Yes. shall be exalted. Every hill and mountain shall be made low. The rough places will be made plain. And the crooked places will be made straight. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed. And all flesh shall see it together. This is our hope. This is the faith that I go back to the South with. With this faith, we will be able to hew out of the mountain of despair a stone of hope. With this faith, we will be able to transform the jangling discords of our nation into a beautiful symphony of brotherhood. With this faith, we will be able to work together, to pray together, to struggle together, to go to jail together, to stand up for freedom together, knowing that we will be free one day. This will be the day. This will be the day when all of God's children will be able to sing with new meaning, My country tears of thee. Sweet land of liberty of thee I sing. Land where my fathers died, land of the pilgrim's pride, from every mountainside. Let freedom ring, and if America is to be a great nation, this must become true. And so let freedom ring from the prodigious hilltops of New Hampshire. Let freedom ring from the mighty mountains of New York. Let freedom ring from the heightening Alleghenies of Pennsylvania. Let freedom ring. That's exactly what freedom did do. Donald Trump 
dared, William dared. Martin Luther. Then you know what I'm thinking. I'm sitting here watching Martin Luther, and there were a lot of people who hated him, hated him. My oh, yeah. oh my God, because he wanted to unite people. Now we have a white man who wants to unite everybody, and they but hate But they say him, you have no him, right. Who are you? What are your bona fides? What's your background? You don't have the blood-stained shirt. Okay, you don't have the scar on the head. Well, I so hate, who gives I'm you sorry. the right? I'm sorry, who everybody's gives been you oppressed. The right? Everybody's had oppression. Everybody's experienced it. I'm sure. Sorry, John Lewis. Here's what Donald. The point said. is. I'm sorry. Yes. Donald Trump, the party of Lincoln, has stepped forward and said, for 160 years, what you've done. Am I right? 1860, excuse me, 1960, exactly. Almost 160 years, the party of the Democrats. What have you done? I've said this many times. I went to an event with Stedman Graham and uh, Oprah Winfrey, and I listened to these old heads, as they call it. These 70, 80-year-old people, and everyone was a doctor, a Ph.D., a teacher. They all spoke magnificently. And then their kids, grandkids, great-grandkids were all playing, couldn't speak, can't read, can't spell, can recite rap, and are filled with hatred, are filled with self-loathing, and are filled with violence. And I'll tell you why, and this is not politically correct, but I stand on my words because... Those blacks were educated in segregated schools. And those blacks knew, and their parents were intact. There was a mother, and there was a father. It's all... These people knew that if they were going to compete, they had to get up earlier, and they had to go to bed later. Just like Jews who came to America, the blacks of that generation. You hear Martin Luther King speak? Where are those people today? It's because the public schools, the plantations, the black plantations have destroyed all poor folk in America. All poor folk. But they've done no service to the black in America. No service at all. If you can't, by the time you're in seventh grade, you're ready to drop out. If you can't speak and you can't read and you can't sing and you can't recite poetry and you don't know a second language, shame on that school district. Because all that eighth and ninth and tenth and eleventh and twelfth is going to polish that stone, get even better critical thinking. But everybody should be literate. You shouldn't even be able to get out of fourth grade if you aren't literate, if you can't stand in front of a classroom and speak. So when Donald Trump comes along and he says, I'm taking the mantle, I'm going to take that mantle and I'm going to be the president for all America, black and white and Jews and Gentile, and we're going to let freedom ring. And I'm telling you, we better all guard Donald Trump because as they killed Martin Luther King, And the minute John Lennon decided he was coming back, they shot him down. And when Lenny Bruce challenged the obscenity law, amazingly he died of a heroin overdose. And when 
Jim Morrison decided that he was challenging the obscenity laws. Miraculously, he died unknown. It's very dangerous to stand up against this thing called the continuity of government. Listen to that slob. What's that fat lesbian's name on television? Who's screaming about continuity of government and they should create martial law. What's her name, Teresa? She's supposed to be a comedian, Rosie O'Donnell. This is supposed to be a liberal and she's calling for martial law. How far down the road have liberals traveled? They've shown their colors. They took off their mask, and they've demonstrated they are the new fascists. They're the new totalitarians. I've told you it's a horseshoe. The left, the right, when they're that far out, they almost are kissing cousins on that horseshoe. Yeah, now Donald is going. Teresa has a... uh, you're not. Today, our nation pre, uh, pay, uh, pauses to honor a legacy, a, an icon, and an American hero. The Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. lifted up the consciousness of our nation, a towering leader in his day, and a lasting inspiration to all generations to follow. Our declaration declares that all men are created equal. And Dr. King challenged our nation to live out that sacred truth, to banish the evils of bigotry, segregation, and oppression from the institutes of society to the hearts of men. Institutions of society to the hearts of men. His legacy of freedom is the true memorial of his life. No testimonial can pay better tribute than the faces of young children living out their dreams. But his work is not done. All around us today, we see communities and schools falling behind and not sharing in the prosperity of the American life. Each of us has a solemn obligation to ensure that no American is left behind and that all Americans are fully included in the American dream. When young Americans of color are left on the sidelines, our nation is denied a lifetime of contribution to this society. And when any of our American brothers and sisters is forced to live in fear or poverty or violence, it is a back it is a setback for all for the entire nation. We rise and fall together and today we pledge to follow in Doctor King's footsteps so that all Americans may know the full blessing of this God blessed land. Now wait hold on, I still got I wanna follow with my program. Donald I wanna follow J. now wait do you see Trump. what happened today. President now they have a elect. now they have a Martin Luther King birthday parade and guess what? Guess what happens? Here I'm gonna give you I'm gonna just tell you what's being said. We black people ought to be shamed of ourselves on Martin Luther King holiday shooting each other at the parade. Three boys shot on the ground and one girl shot in the leg. Listen to this. Kidding me. No. Hey, I'm here to 
Uh, I don't plan to attend inauguration. It would be the first one that I miss. Liar. You liar. Since I've been in a Congress. Liar. Liar. Really? To catch that? Liar. Congressman. Congressman Lewis said this is the Whore. first inauguration Whore. he is skipping since he has been in Congress. He's a liar. But we did the research. And liar. it turns out this is not the first inauguration Congressman Lewis didn't attend. He also refused to attend George W. Bush's inauguration back in 2001. Back-to-back back Republicans. Back-to-back the, back back the race baiter. Twenty-first, 2001 reads, and I'm sharing this with you. John Lewis, for instance, spent Inauguration Day in his Atlantic district. He thought it would be hypocritical to attend Bush's swearing-in. Because, because he didn't think it was a legitimate. Bush is the true elected president. What a fraud. president. You see, there's a pattern of behavior. There is a pattern of rhetoric with this gentleman. No, that's uh uh-uh. Stop for a minute. I hate that gentleman. Gentleman is something that you say who has manners, who treats women with dignity, who always has a handkerchief. A gentleman speaks appropriately. A gentleman who washes his hands after shakes 10,000 people before he handles his schmeckle and then after. It always blows my mind that they're going to wash their hands afterwards. Like their, their urine is dirty when they've touched everything in the world and then handled their penis and then engage in a relationship with their wife. And we wonder why we have venereal diseases. Our minds are twisted. Nothing that we do makes sense. Okay? John Lewis is a race baiter. His entire political career is built on making white people wrong. But I don't see a damn thing that you've done to make black America educated, wealthy, working integrated, nothing. All you do is shake down rich people on the Upper East Side of New York, the Buckhead, rich neighborhoods of Atlanta. You shake down Hollywood. You shake down Miami. You shake down Skokie, Illinois, all the rich white liberal neighborhoods. And what do you give them? You give them dispensation. It's like the Catholic Church. That's what it is. You pay for your indulgences. And that's what the black priestly class, the race class, the priestly class, the priestly class of America, that's what these people have become, the priests. And then you say, Forgive me, John Lewis, I've sinned because I had an argument and with a black man and I walked away and I said, that damn nigger. And then John Lewis says, donate $1,000 a month to me and I give you absolution. Frauds. Frauds. Go on. Conjob author, conservative black chick asked John Lewis, what have you done since Selma? John Lewis only thinks a legitimate presidency would be one uh, that Hillary Clinton 
was running. And, uh, you know, what I want to know is what has John Lewis done since he marched uh, on Selma, really? He's riding on the coattails of something that happened over 50 years ago. And it's just, it, it, you know, to me, his, 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 his position in Congress is illegitimate. Okay. Right after Mr. Lewis said that, Donald Trump tweeted a response. He's saying, look, Mr. Lewis, you, you should really take care of your own district. You're all talk, talk, talk. You've no action. Now, after Trump tweeted that, there was a very strong response against Trump because he'd been gone up against this civil rights icon. And a lot more people joined the boycott at the inauguration. What do you think of Trump's response to John Lewis? I think... Trump had the appropriate response to John Lewis, who showed utter disrespect to the president-elect. Oh, so Donald Trump, our future president, is supposed to just allow these attacks because John Lewis is so-called off-limits, but he's protected because he's a black uh, Democrat congressman who happened to march and fight for civil rights? Give me a break. What's good for the goose is good for the gander. Now, do you think that, I mean... At the heart of this delegitimizing movement is race, isn't it? I mean, because uh, absolutely. If, that's John, at the heart if of it. Donald, if Donald Trump was not white and a Republican, John Lewis would have no problem with anything that he said, how he's conducting his presidency, using social media, by the way, Stuart, to connect with the American people directly and bypass the liberal mainstream media who wants to distort everything he says. And if, if John Lewis was not black, nobody would care what he is saying. If he wasn't a black Democrat, a member of the Congressional Black Caucus, John Lewis has done more for himself over the 50, last 50 plus years that he's done for black people. Well, there you go, folks. Now I have another one. This is Martin Luther King III. Very constructive meeting with Trump. Now watch, they want him to say something negative about Donald. That's the As you know, Representative Lewis has, still has the scars from the march on Selma. Were you offended by the President-elect's tweet that Representative Lewis is all talk and no action? Well, first of all, I think that in the heat of emotion, a lot of things get said on both sides. And uh, I think that um, at some point, I, I am, as John Lewis and many others are, a bridge builder. The goal is to bring America together and Americans. We, we are a great nation, but we must become a greater nation. And what my father represented, my mother represented through her life, what I hope that I'm trying to do is always bring people together. Sir, do you, you know many African-Americans African Americans are very concerned about a Trump presidency? A woman came in here last week and told me he's going to have black people up against the wall, both literally and figuratively. Did he allay your concerns that he'll be a president for all people, black and white? Well, certainly he said that, that he is going to represent Americans. He said that over and over again. Uh, and I think that we will continue to evaluate that. I think that the nation... I believe that that's his intent. Uh, but I think also we have to consistently engage with pressure, public pressure. It doesn't happen automatically. My father and his team understood that, did that. Uh, and, and I think that Americans are prepared to do that. Yes, sir, if I may follow up, isn't there something that just cuts to your core when you hear the president-elect refer to John Lewis as all talk and no action? I mean, nothing could be further from the truth. It's not just the job.
of Martin Luther King III to hold Donald Trump accountable. We on the conservative end of the political spectrum must hold Donald Trump accountable. Donald Trump promised that he wasn't going to have an activist judge. He wasn't going to have right-wing activists. And he wasn't going to have left-wing activists. He wanted to put strict constitutional constructionalists. And that means if it ain't in the Constitution, carry the force of law. That we're not going to tolerate judges creating law from the bench. If it isn't in the Constitution, what more could you ask if you are a legitimate person on the left or the right than simply know that when you get to the Supreme Court, that the judges there are going to look down at the Constitution and the amendments and say to the attorneys, where do you see what you're arguing in the Constitution? Oh, pay no attention. You know with a wink and a nod. This is liberal. This is good. This is what we want. All's good. Come on. We want you from the bench to legislate. Well, when I was a liberal left-winger, I loved it. And then I came to realize the last bulwark of liberty is the Supreme Court. And if all they are are a bunch of liberal activists legislating for the bench, from the bench, then we as a nation are doomed. We're no longer a nation of laws. We're a nation of force. The force of the party in power. So it is the people on the right and the left who must as citizens do their job and make sure that we all get to speak truth to power. When Donald Trump said, America first, and he puts in a Rex Tillerson, who by every measure is an internationalist, I am concerned, and I will hold Donald. He has his right to pick who he wants, but I also want to make sure that he isn't overrun by these globalists. I want to make sure that when a General Mattis says that Russia is the problem and he doesn't talk about China other than the Scarborough Shoals, and it's not Scarborough Fair, we're talking about in 25 years a peasant nation has become a first world nation. It's because two parties, Democrats and Republicans, in keeping, in being consistent with the demands of their globalist minders, have turned over the entire manufacturing base, the semiconductor base, the computer base, the iPhone base, to China, the most intolerant, regressive, dangerous, violent, anti-freedom government that the world has ever seen. But I didn't see that kind of foam coming from their mouth, Mattis, from Tillerson. Now it's been released today that it was a phony operation. 
It was a false flag that went on in Ukraine. It wasn't the Ukrainians invading. It was the CIA. And the CIA was dressed up as Russians. We're suckered in. We're living in a world of propaganda. And Donald Trump is a nationalist who believes in black America first and white America first. Not black Africa over black America. Not Israel over Borough Park, Skokie, Center City, Philadelphia. It's Philadelphia first. Jewish people in America first. Then recognizing that there has never been anything called Palestine, ever. There has never been a Palestinian identity until the Brits and the French and the Americans created it. They were Jordanians, and that area was called Transjordan. And in agreement with Jordan, it was decided when the last vestiges of Jews had been rescued from work-till-you-die camps. And when you served your work-till-you-die purpose, they moved you from Auschwitz to Buchenwald, and then they burned them or gassed them. They could see, said Primo Levi, an Italian, the smoke billowing up from Buchenwald. And they knew what it was. Everybody knew, and they still live in denial. And then you've got these scumbags like a George Soros who said it was the happiest time of his life, and you can't make that up, when he was a little spy, when his father saved his life and turned him over to a politically connected member of the Nazi party. And he pretended that that George Soros was his son as he turned in Jews, and he stole their property justification was, well, somebody else would have done it. Let me tell you something. Two wrongs never make a right. And clearly, George Soros has been living on this global field as a man with not a shred of ethics and not a shred of integrity. If you're going to tell me that if I would be a spy and not admit I was a Jew, then I bet you I would dedicate the rest of my damn life to making sure that I was a witness to that story. But that's not ever what George Soros has done. He spent his entire career being a Marxist and being a radical. Did Obama say that a priest could pick you up and lock you away and your family doesn't have to know shit? Of course. Yeah. So... Martin Luther King, the son. So I agree that black America had better damn well hold Donald accountable and not for handouts, not for freebies, but for Votech. There is no damn reason in the world. Now we've got a generation, and I lived it. It was called Labor Team. And I hired the staff builder team all black guys from the hood. And I wanted nothing more as a liberal white guy in my business to bring them in. 
And there was one guy, he certainly had autism, and he cleaned with a toothbrush. And I would have done anything to protect him. And they were mean to him because he was such a hard worker, and he had head injury. He had a problem. And all the other black guys were robbing the place blind every time I turned around. Speakers were disappearing. And artwork was going out the back. It was the labor team. Those two brothers. I think it was your, your kitchen, too. The two white guys. You really just blew my point. Like, what did you oh, just... True, Michael. That I don't understand that. Okay, who who was the guy, Teresa? I thought it was the guy who got it. Who was it, Teresa? No. Who? Who stole the paintings? Well, the help. Who? I can't remember the guy. Well, how do you know? Uh, I'm talking about the two black brothers who I caught going into the uh, the the, the brewer. No, not the cage. Yeah, the they went into the brewery where the old speakers and all the old sound equipment was carried was, and they were just carrying it right out the door. Okay, okay? that's well, my point. Okay. Oh. So what about the white guys? I also hired a black team. And when the black team got, one of the guys got arrested and the white chef wanted to fire them, I said over my dead body. So they went to my partners moaning and bitching. And I said, that guy has a permanent job. He's worked here for six years. What do you expect? And how about that soft guy who I thought was gay, but he wasn't? And his wife also called in and explained that he had been arrested. Well, you kept him too. Okay, and I kept him too. Okay, and gave him a salary he could pick up his check. Right. That certainly cost me money, but I made sure he got his salary. But he needed money. You're damn right he did. So I'm not trying to paint myself anything more, but I have the right to be critical. And my criticism is that they need to learn how to build, to work with tools, but they also need to know that you don't steal the tools. And now we have Muslims in America that think they're entitled to everything, and they're having 22 different EBT cards and stealing millions of dollars. It's a total scam, what's going on in America today. So on MLK's birthday, we look deeply and we reflect, and we say, as Donald said, what do you have to lose? Give me a chance. He sure as hell doesn't need the money. He sure doesn't need to be what Hillary Clinton was, a carpetbagger who went all over the world to get donations to the charity that only donates 6% and then turn it into her complete payment, quality of life slush fund. Let me tell you, you can say, well, how do you get the money out of it? These people in America who are wealthy have trusts upon trusts upon trusts upon trust, and you say, how do they get the money out? Well, when you get rich, you're going to figure out how they loot and they get it out. The first step is you put your daughter at the head of the charity, and she gets a $6 million a year job for nothing. That's the first step. And then they start paying all their crony salaries and their posse, and then the restaurants, 
and the hotels and the first-class travel. Who needs to be rich if you get to leave it, lead a completely rich life? If when you lecture or you do a 30-minute sem- uh, speech, the rule is that they, it's first-class jet travel and you stay at the Ritz-Carlton and you get to drink your champagne and your cocoa van and your $180 truffles. That's what it's about. And you don't pay taxes. The biggest scam in the world are these 501c3 charities in America. It's the ultimate scam. So when Donald Trump says on Martin Luther King's birthday, what do you have to lose? It's a damn good question. Do you have to lose but your mind-forged shackles? That's what it is. What else you got there, Wheels of Steel? Well, hold on. Are you done with Martin Luther King yeah. Jr.? Huh? Yeah. Okay, hold on. On John Lewis questioned the legitimacy of President-elect Donald Trump. But according to my next guest, the congressmen and other black lawmakers should be encouraging their constituents to give the President-elect a chance. Joining me now is Reverend William Owens for tonight's Fox Report interview, and he is the founder and president of the Coalition of African-American Pastors. Sir, thanks a lot for joining us. Thank you for having me. I want to start with the news of the day about the Lewis uh, being a prominent member of Congress saying that he will not attend the inauguration this week. You disagree with the posturing by Mr. Lewis. Why? Absolutely disagree. I marked Mr. Lewis in Nashville, Tennessee. We all marched together. We fought together. But Mr. Lewis, I think at this point, is on the wrong side of history. (laughs) Mr. Trump was elected legally. He is the president of the United States, or the president-elect. And uh, I think what they're looking at is a way to find out why Hillary was not elected. She was not elected not because of what the Russians did. She was not elected because of what she said. One great thing Mrs. Clinton said, was we had to change our religious beliefs. We are not going to change our religious beliefs for a a political party, not a leader. And that was a grave mistake. And millions of people heard her loud and clear. She overreached. What Mr. Obama started, she was going to finish. But she did not know that there were millions of people, Christians, blacks, who voted against her, uh, voted for Trump because of that. When she said, we have to change our religious beliefs, that was a very deep code. We put in a man who claimed to be Christian, and Fox News picked up on Jeremiah Wright and ran with it. But they didn't pick up on the fact that he was actually born in a Muslim country, that his name is Barack Hussein Obama, that his father is Muslim, and that he is Muslim. And he spent a very long time in Muslim community, and that was his upbringing. And that John Brennan, his CIA, converted decades ago to Islam, spent 10 years in Saudi Arabia, set up a base for care in the White House, set up a base for the Muslim Brotherhood in White House. What Hillary Clinton was really saying is, we need to submit to Sharia. That is exactly what, and nobody in the media cared because they're all in on it. 
Sharia is the religion of the New World Order. And they're very sick people because this sick group, including George Bush Sr., George G.W. Bush, these people think that they can play with Al-Qaeda. Never forget, Ben Loudon was the ultimate in connected individual. His father was Ben Loudon Construction Corporation, and he helped the father, the patriarch of the Saud family, when he was down and needed help. And Saud family never forgot it, and Ben Loudon Construction was the construction company of the royal family. It built the Grand Mosque of Saudi Arabia, a massive piece of architecture. And he became an incredibly wealthy man, billions upon billions. And Osama bin Laden, the work of the Saudis, and did the work of the CIA when they were fighting Russia in a proxy war. They were our black water. We used the Saudi Ben Laden Al-Qaeda in order to fight the Saudis. And we think we can play that we could play that game in Iraq and we could play that game in Syria and we can play that game in Libya and now the chickens have come home to roost. You have people like Andrew, An- Angela Merkel who have opened the floodgates to military-aged men. They call them children up to 28 years of age. They're considered children. And then we listen to these over and over justify that you can have sex with a seven-year-old girl if she has hair on her vagina. She's a woman. If she starts menstruating at eight or nine, she's a woman. Because we believed in nothing for so long. We flirted. We have turned our back on our Judaism. I did. We turn our back on our Christianity, the Americans have, but Islam hasn't. So rather than Hillary stand up for her Christianity, which she believes nothing in, and the Judaism that she believes nothing in, she's opened the door to the Islamic snake. Oh, let me in. Let me in. You remember the allegory of the snake of Donald Trump? We've heard it over and over and over and over. And then the snake bit the stupid woman. Didn't you know that I'm a snake? I played it 20 times. I played it once on this show. Where Islamicists tell you to your face that Sharia trumps the Constitution. It's not going to be pretty. It's not going to be pretty. Do you know the shooter of the U.S. Uh, ambassador? Tell us. Was a Muslim? No. Well, now you know. 
Today it was a, never told us. It was also announced. It was also announced today that the FBI picked up the wife. The wife who. Great. I'm going to shut up. Go on. Well, you were. She yep. does not have that right. You know, I, I'm listening to you, and I know that you were at the National Press Club yesterday in Washington, D.C., and you said some of what you just said now, um, but it was an announcement that you wanted to make, and you wanted particularly black lawmakers like Mr. Lewis and others who are now saying that they will not attend the inauguration on Friday, and clergymen and women in black churches across America to hear a singular I should say, single message. What is it? The single message is we should respect the law. Give Mr. Trump a chance. If blacks in America have problems, you can't look to Mr. Trump because of those problems. Look at the private administrations. I was shocked last December when I learned that President Johnson started the war on poverty to get blacks to be dependent on the government. I didn't know it. He was one of my heroes. I, I, I praised him for what he did about the Voting Rights Act and all of the things he said. But I was speaking to a historian, and I said, you know, Mr. Johnson had good intentions, but he had unexpected consequences. He said, mm. Bill, you have it all wrong. Mr. Johnson intended to do what he did and gave me the research. And when I researched and found that he did that to get black women on welfare. They had 100,000 federal workers to go throughout the country to get black women on welfare and get the father out of the home. It destroyed the black community. And I don't like it because my community has been destroyed because of votes. And the same thing is still going on. During that time, I said, we could just get a black mayor. If we could get a black, mm -hmm. black congressman, mm -hmm. things would be better. We have more black politicians down than you can think of. Right on. Look at our conditions today. Look at education. Look at our young people. Look at our prison. Why? So what is the answer? I mean, I, I hear you saying this, um, and, and I look at Baltimore as an example when you talk about those black leaders and, and how many uh, African Americans have held office and been there, and then we have the riot situation in Baltimore and things falling apart with the police department there. So I, I understand your argument, but what is the answer moving forward? Can you pause it? I think I can tell you some of the answer. I can tell you what I did. I don't mean to. What are you waiting for? I can tell you the answer. The answer is the politics has never been the solution. Politicians who have never earned a dollar in their life, who have never built an empire, who have never known what the power of regulation is against you, who have no idea what having unions fighting you is all about, having zoning com com committees fighting you, having clean air fighting you, have neighbor communities against you, having the EPA against you, having the full force of the United States government and tax code against you. They know nothing. They have no answers. They're hacks. They're flunkies. And then they get into power. 
It's the old story. I've never met a person in the world who thought that their doctor was a skank and horrible. Everybody will tell you they love their doctor. They go to the great doctor. But 350,000 people every year die from doctor-induced illness, iatrogenic illness. 50,000 people over 10 years died as a result of Vietnam. We have seven times that in one year, and we're not in moral outrage in America. We've been relying upon politicians like Bernie Sanders, like John Lewis, John McCain. What's that billionaire wealthy woman from California? Nancy Pelosi. We've been relying upon Barbara Boxer, Snow, Warren. We've been relying upon these people for the answers, and they have none. They've never even owned a franchise. They've never had a Dippies, a McDonald's. They've never run a business. They never had a, uh, they've never driven a taxi. What do they know? These people are clowns, and the head clown is Schumer. But in four years, I put 400 students at a major university in this country, students that otherwise could not have gone to college, and we called it Give Me a Chance Ministry. And that was the reason what Mr. Trump said, Give Me a Chance, resonated with me so. We put those 400 students in college and had a 75% graduation rate, and 90% of them would not have been able to go to any college. We gave them hope. And the university gave them a chance. What is the response from leaders in the black community? Have you talked with Congressman Lewis? What is the response? No, I have not talked with Congressman Lewis. I would love to. I just uh, my uh, my PR person uh, just the other day reached out to uh, Reverend Sharpton and asked if we could have dialogue. I respect him very much. I respect his views, and I want him to respect my views. I think we should dialogue. Much is at stake in the black community. It's too, too much at stake for us to play with the lives of our children, the born and the unborn. It's, it is too much at stake for us to pimp the community. And Whoa. we want to have dialogue with yeah. Mr. Lewis, Mr. Sharpton, and other black leaders. And I'll show Sounds you Sounds like the terms I've used. used. That's the strong words you just used about you what some of them may be doing with their constituents. Last question for you. No it's doubt great. you saw the video of the thousands of people who were uh, marching anti-Trump, if you will, Owens. alongside Reverend, uh, Reverend Sharpton. Your quick last thought. My quick last thought is people will follow. They want something to do, but they don't really think. I know some people that lean to a certain party, and they can't tell me why. I said, why do you stand for this party? What are the facts? They don't know. They listen to leaders, and that's the reason I hold Mr. Lewis and Reverend Sharpton to a high yeah. standard. Have you you met have Mr. a Trump? high responsibility to be responsible for the things that you say and the things that you do in this society. Because now, wait, I got something else. She goes, well, I don't know. Well, let's finish up with this, because I think what she has to say is important. This is the niece. She just slams. Well, hold on one moment. Okay. So what do we have to offer black America? I know that there's a movement afoot in America called Farm to Table. I know that affluent people, upper middle class people, middle class people, are becoming very aware of where their food comes from. 
and they don't want Monsanto food. They don't want Franken food. So you tell me why that Walter Saw Biddle School in the in I think it's the Germantown Chestnut Hill section of Philadelphia. Why that there can't be 50 across Philadelphia? So black young men and black young women have an opportunity to get back to the farm, to get soil under their fingers, to not shoot animals, but care and be involved in animal husbandry and have a wife and raise children and be known as Farmer John or Farmer Tyrone. Why not? How about teaching them carpentry? What's wrong with electrical, plumbing, I know that when I was a young man living in Philadelphia, my first, when I just had a nice apartment, I looked in the phone book. I saw a black name under electrician. I said, I want to give him a job, and he did a great job. It was always important to me to reach out and to, and to create a multi-ethnic relationship with people. I created a black nightclub. It was called Pearls. It was important to me. Sure, I was considered a traitor. The first DJ was a black gay guy in my nightclub when it was called The Strand. No one's ever going to call me a racist, but I can't stand what has what black people have done to black people in America. And it's because of these political pimps, such as a Chaka Fatah in Philadelphia, who's done nothing but strip mine the black community. And then when he finally, his, his thievery was so egregious, you don't think the, the city police did anything the other way. You don't think the state police did anything but look the other way. It took the feds to step in under Obama. And the entire time he ran his mouth and he swore and he swore and he swore he was innocent. And he got dozens of charges of corruption. That's the face of the race pimps in America who have sold the children and the families and the black men, you and I would do a shortcut through the black neighborhood of West Philadelphia in order to get out to the main line. And it was your first experience, wheels of steel. And you saw 25 guys on the corner. And you said, what the hell's going on? You had never seen that before. And I said, these men don't have jobs. They closed the factories down. The big breweries. Closed, lost. They didn't want to be sitting. Michael, if you ask me, those men did not want to be sitting there on the street corner. They looked lost, unhappy, and sad for their situation and didn't know what to do about it. They would have been happier working. But I blame the black community because they know who their little petty criminals are, and they don't do a damn thing about it. Every time teenager, a 20-year-old, 25-year-old gets arrested. The mother, 
who's 15 years older, comes running, oh, my baby, my baby, my baby's innocent. Don't do that to my baby. Where's the father that should have put a belt upside his head a long time beforehand? Or a mother such as, what's his name, Teresa? He's the neurosurgeon who you, African-American, Ben Carson. His mother, how about that song by Stevie Wonder? When, when the kid, when Stevie got punished and he tried to bring a tear to his eye. Ben Carson knew that his mother was going to put a whooping on his ass, but he also loved his mother and he also deeply respected. He never saw his mother during the week. She worked two jobs. What did that take? What did that instill in her son to fly straight? He became an, a, a, at least a nationally acclaimed neurosurgeon for children very successful man who was born in the projects and then the lynching starts on Capitol Hill. What do you know about HUD? What do you know about the projects? What gives you, you mean you have to be a politician first to have the bona fides to run a housing department? Are you kidding me? That's all they want are politicians. They want career politicians in all these positions. They don't want people from the outside who maybe were born in a damn project, lived in a project, and grew out of the project to create a great future for themselves, and now they want to give back. A lynching, what they tried to pull Carson. A fucking lynching. It sickened me to listen to these white people jump all over his ass and swear they're liberal. God almighty, they're such lying hypocrites. On Martin Luther King Day. What do you got? to spar with civil rights icon John Lewis as questions about Russia's hacking role in the U.S. presidential no signs of Georgia Congressman John Lewis who famously marched with Dr. Martin Luther King during the civil rights era said he did not view Trump as a legitimate president in an NBC interview recorded Friday. Trump retaliating against the Democratic lawmaker in a pair of tweets saying John Lewis should spend more time attending to his constituents, referring to a man injured from beatings by Alabama state troopers during the historic march across the Edmund Pettus Bridge as, quote, all talk, talk, talk. Lewis giving voice to a rising chorus of people on the right and the left who are worried that Russia may have had undue influence in the November election. He says he will skip the inauguration. Now, let me tell you something to begin with. This propaganda about the Russians, it's a lie. Anybody anyone who is a regular listener of this show has heard Julian Assange say it did not come from the Russians. And, pardon me for one moment. Anyone, give me a minute. 
anyone who has listened to this show knows that we have had British Ambassador Mary come on, not come on to the show, but we had his feed on this show stating without equivocation, it was not the Russians. He picked up the jump drive from an insider at the DNC, period. You want to talk about illegitimacy? We all read, we all saw Project Veritas and the fights that were started, pretending like it was Donald Trump people when it was Hillary Clinton people. We all saw the beating. We saw the bruises on this show, on the face of Bernie Sanders. We saw on this show the videos of the delegates having their seats given away when they were protesting out front, the Bernie delegates. We saw how they ran ads on Craigslist for people. They were given lunch. They were given a meal and they were given money. And how these people were hired to fill the seats and take the seats away from the Bernie supporters when the Bernie supporters were protesting. We saw the Podesta emails. They're disgraceful. We saw the Hillary emails. We saw the transcripts. We learned how Hillary Clinton said she's been rich like you guys, like us, all of us, for so long. When she was speaking to Banco Santander that she didn't even know what it was like. She can't even relate to the everyday American any longer. But this is who the Democrats wanted to shove down your throat. Why? Because Democrats are the face of the New World Order. They don't give a damn about America. They have been selling America down the road for so long, and the only thing they've ever used America for is to build more debt and more debt and more debt. $20 trillion, Barack Obama, in eight years, has doubled a debt that took 250 years to accumulate. In eight years, he, he equaled 250 years. This man is a traitor. He should be tried for treason. And let me tell you, so should Paul Ryan. So should John Boehner. So should John McCain and Lindsey Graham. These are traitors. They don't give a shit about you at all. They have never thrown their body against the wheels of the machine to stop this endless budget bloodbath. All they've done is just fund and fund. Look what Donald showed us. $4 billion for a Boeing project. And then Donald looks at it and says, this is bullshit. And they turn around and say, we could do it for $2.5 billion. Well, where was every other politician? Why? Because they've never earned a living in their life. They've never built a big business. They've never had to do competitive bidding. They have no idea that the money that's saved is money that goes into the, the businessman's pocket. I know when I was a businessman, rule one was pay yourself first. I never did. I made sure every last person was paid first. I know what it's like to worry about payroll, taxes, insurance, lease payments, rent, landlords that want to suck you dry, that sue you constantly, take you to court, use every clause in the lease against you so they, the minute they see you make money. In a restaurant, usually it's a 7% 
You don't even pay rent. You pay 7% of gross. The more you make, the richer these cats get. But it has a base rent. So they win if you, if you are losing money. You get the base rent. And if, they, if you're successful, they're sucking your blood for your whole life. What does a politician know about the horrors of that? Nothing. What do the politicians know? about turning 90% of the entire housing industry over to the federal government. It's called Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. The federal government holds your mortgage, and they talk about socialism. We are a socialist nation. Didn't you read the memo? Go on. The inauguration, and he has explained why. Here he is. I know it is president-elect. As a legitimate president. <laughs> What's your what drugs is this guy on? I mean, is he stoned? Thirty of fifty states, more counties than any Republican candidate uh, since Ronald Reagan, and the American people know that. Uh, and uh, while I have great respect for John Lewis and for his contributions, particularly to the civil rights movement, I'm, I, I was deeply disappointed uh, to see him, someone of nature question the legitimacy of, of Donald Trump's election as president and say he's not attending the inauguration. And I, I hope he reconsiders both positions. You know, we've even had recounts in this election where uh, the numbers for the president-elect have actually gone up. Uh, there's, there's no question about the legitimacy of this election. And, and for John Lewis to make uh, those statements is deeply disappointing. But uh, uh, th- this is also it's disappointing, too, because I, I truly do believe this is a time. Uh, when the American people should be celebrating the peaceful transition of power. That's what this week is really all about, Chris. And uh, to know that, that, uh, that, that, that four living presidents will be on the stage acknowledging that peaceful transition of power, the world will be watching, will hear the first remarks that Donald Trump will make as president of the United States in his right, inaugural right. address. Uh, I, I, just, I, I hope that John Lewis... And some others who have joined uh, his plans uh, to uh, to take a pass on the inauguration will rethink that. Will be with us and will celebrate this extraordinary moment in the life of our nation and in the life of democracy. I'd like to ask you as well. You talk about Lewis's comments about Mr. Trump. I'd also I'd like to ask you about Mr. Trump's comments. Hold for one second, Mr. Trump's comments. In response, the president-elect called John Lewis. Talk, talk, talk. No action. I'm trying. Can he really say that about the next? Why do you? Man who got his head cracked open walking across the Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama on Bloody Sunday. All talk, no action. Well, you think that's appropriate? It was 50 years ago. 50 years ago, okay? 50 years ago. Got his head cracked. Big fucking deal. Are you kidding me? I've had my head smashed 800 times if it's smashed once. I've fallen 20 feet off the side of a building. He has a very good life now. I don't cry about it. I was walking down a street. You think I hate black people walking down a street? Half a block from my girlfriend's house. Two black guys. I bump in. I say, I'm sorry. Excuse me. 
I don't see well. They said, then walk on the other side of the effing street. I said, the hell I will. So what did he do? Smash my head in with, a, with an umbrella. Pierced my ear. It bled like a pig. Ruined my clothing. Do I not have bona fides? So a cop hits him with a brick or somebody hits him with a truncheon or hits him? So he's got a cracked skull? I played football where a guy is a wild Indian, turns around, he thinks it's funny, throws a brick, cracks my head open. Is that my justification for my whole life? I think it's disgusting. This was the man's career. It's what his job was. It's what he did. It's what he believed in. It makes him a lifetime martyr. So everything else he does is just nothing for his black people. What the hell is going on in America? It's a killing zone in black America. And that's because the race pimps have spent their entire career sucking in fucking white women for money. Hollywood, Florida, Atlanta, New York. Skokie, Boston, that's all it's been. These race pimps have shaken down white, rich, retired women whose husbands have died and they have nothing but their husband's money and they show up at all the fundraisers. And I've watched the race pimps sell out their Race over and over. Where do I stand? How about the Barnes Foundation in Philadelphia? Albert Barnes left the entire billions of dollars of an art collection to Cheney State, a black college, because he believed in it. Well, I don't see that that collection was sold. In fact, it was stolen and pawned off by the wealthy board of directors of that school. And now that collection sits on the parkway in Philadelphia. That collection should have been sold off and the money should be in the endowment fund of Cheney. Don't ever tell me about these black heroes in America today because they're pimps. And I damn well mean it. I stood up and said, it is Barnes's wish, and he gave the collection. And they can do any damn thing they want, including hit each other over the head with, with Miro's and Matisse's and destroy them. He gave it to them. But that's not what happened. And that's not what ever happens. People get bribed. How dare they walk into a black community in Armani shoes and Gucci loafers wearing gold watches? They should be, if anything, maybe when they go out to dinner, when they travel in Europe, but when they're in their own communities, showing up at churches when they're paid to preach, and they dress better than anyone else, it's disgusting. It's out of balance. 
horrible. Don't ever tell me, Chris Wallace, you, you phony. You are one-tenth the man your father was. One-tenth. You're nothing, nothing that your father, Mike Wallace, was. No, let him. You're a caricature of your father. When someone of John Lewis's stature, someone who's not only an icon in the civil rights movement, but also someone who, by virtue of his sacrifice on that day that we know as Bloody Sunday, he crossed the Edmund Pettus Bridge and he suffered that abuse. And it was, it was through that that... Hold on. A guy died today. A black, hold on a minute. A cop died today or, or this weekend. They had his funeral in New York City. And this was a cop that was shot by a black man, a white cop. And he was made a paraplegic. And he couldn't move his arms and couldn't move his legs. And he spent the rest of his life in a wheelchair. That's a man who's earned his civil rights bona fides. Not a guy who was hit in the head and took seven stitches. That doesn't impress me at all. As many times as I've been in fights with my poor eyesight and beaten up and in fights with black kids, I don't wear it on my chest. And I don't harbor anger. I'm disgusted by these black pimp leaders. They make me vomit. I don't give a damn what that guy did 50 years ago. Big deal. That's like when I walk into Philadelphia and people want to talk to me about the nightclub days. Big deal. It was a long time ago. Who am I today? A father. A partner of a woman with cancer all over her body. That's what I'm most proud of. I'm most proud that I put my business aside. And when my father, who cut me out with the manipulation of my sister, I still stood by his side 12 hours a day, five days a week, while he had dementia, caring for him. That's what I'm most proud of. I'm most proud of raising a young woman who came into my life when I was 13 years old. That's what I'm proud of in my life. Have to talk about the nightclub days. And Mr. Lewis. You haven't missed a meal. You haven't missed an entree. You haven't missed an hors d'oeuvre. You haven't missed a canapé in your life. You traveling limo. You're wined and dined by white establishment, and you should be ashamed of yourself. Lie and said. You've never missed an election. You pulled this same shit on George Bush. And you just think because this media is filled with people who just conflate stories. Like the journalist who said he was under fire when he wasn't. That his Blackhawk was being attacked when it wasn't. Or Hillary laughing because anytime she laughs, she's just sitting there lying. She can't even tell a straight story. She's under rocket sniper fire when all that happened was a little girl gave her a flower. The Democrats are so accustomed to being pathological liars and murderers. Seth Rich, John Ash, Andrew Breitbart. Where's Eric Braverman from the Clinton Foundation? 
How about the two boys at Mena, Arkansas, who saw what was going on with the cocaine dealing and, and when he was attorney general and then became governor, Bill Clinton, and those two kids were killed on a train track? Who speaks truth to this power? And then they're going to try to delegitimize Donald Trump, these scumbags. This media, oh, are they horrible. Vermin. But you don't want to silence them because then we would be losing the freedom of the press. We just need to expand them. The 70 appointed are squealing like because now Donald wants to move them to a bigger room where more of the media, where a Breitbart and a Drudge and an Alex Jones and a Project Veritas and Red State Media and on and on. And Andy Comia. All get their say and all get to ask questions and speak truth to power and hold Donald accountable for the agenda he ran on. Not get bullied and badgered by these Marxists in the media. To me, and I, I hope he reconsiders it. But what Donald Trump was talking about there was literally generations of failed policies coming out of Washington, D.C., that have, that have failed too many families in too many cities across this country. I will tell you, Donald Trump is a man who is profoundly impatient with failure. And you saw in the campaign, uh, he went to major cities in this country and said, we're going we're to bring safety to our streets. We're going to bring school choice to our children. We're going to bring jobs and opportunities to our cities. You remember that great line, what the heck do you have to lose? He is committed to being president of all of the people of this country and to bringing jobs and prosperity in ways that, that, that the failed liberal policies of the last several generations have not. Now here's Farrakhan. On Obama. I have never shared anything by Louis Farrakhan, and before tonight would have bet money that I never would have. <laughs> However, then came this. So you Democrats, you've been in that party a long time. Answer me, what did you get? You got a president. He's worried about his legacy. Well, you want Hillary to get in to protect your legacy because Trump said the minute he get in, he's going to reverse the Affordable Care Act because that's your signature achievement. Mm -hmm. To show you how hateful the enemy is, he hates that you achieved what you did achieve. So he said, I'm, I'm going to tear it up when I get in. So he don't want his legacy destroyed. Mr. President, let the man do if he did him what he wanted. Because he's not destroying your legacy. If your legacy is bound up in an Affordable Care Act that only affects a few million people and they're trying to make it really difficult for those of us who signed up. I just want to say something. He's talking about Obamacare. 
taxpayers paid the IRS $3 billion in 2015 for Obamacare penalties. Because it's a Gestapo operation. And they hired more IRS agents for the purpose of beating up, threatening, imprisoning Americans, shaking them down. The IRS has become a complete mafia operation, and it should be closed down. If you have simply three tax rates, there is no justification for these IRS agents, period. Cut them by 75%. Have them focus on areas where the ripoff is egregious, like, for example, the EBT program and the Muslims in America. That's a good place to start with the shakedown that they've been playing, millions and millions across America of these phony family members and phony names. Mohammed Saeed Farouk Mugani. Mugani Saeed Farouk Mohammed. Oh, no, just a mistake. It's all the same person. Yeah, right. They've come here. They take advantage, and that's what the IRS should be used for, to make sure that they learn right up the get-go. You come to America, you play the game fair and square. You don't learn to shake it down, because if you don't put the proper training in place for the immigrants now, you will have the third world. You'll have the lack of respect for the rule of law that they have in Egypt, that they have in Greece that they have in Tunisia, that they have in Turkey and Morocco and Indonesia and all over and Egypt where it's a three-ring circus, where tax compliance is slim and none and slim went to the, on the Hajj to Mecca. Go on. But I just want to tell you, Mr. President, you from Chicago and so am I. I go out in the street with the people. I visited the worst neighborhood. I talked to the gang. And while I was out there talking to them, they said, you know, Farrakhan. Never seen it. Never. 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 Did he sit down? negotiate peace treaties with the black gangs? Did he dedicate his life all across America, Bloods, Crips? No. And if you can't go and see about them... They're not his people. Obama's an Oreo. Black on the outside, white on the inside. That's what Obama is. He ain't black. Harvard, Pepperdine... Or Occidental, excuse me. Raised by his white mother, white grandparents. You fought for the rights of gay people. You fought for the rights of this people and that people. Bathroom bills. Your people are suffering and dying in the street. That's where your legacy is. 
and you failed to do what should have been done. But it's never too late. You, you like Jimmy Carter, can be a better president. You can end it with this. After you leave. As a president for black America, you failed. You failed miserably. Of course, it was all about gay rights to you. Because you're gay. You liar. You pulled it off. I had that video. We pulled it off, Michelle. She didn't know whether she was he was calling her Michelle, Michael. Michelle doesn't even know her anniversary. She had to turn to the people in the audience and say, well, you know. These are two phony grifters from start to finish. A complete parody of presidents. The most liberal man with the most liberal voting record, mostly he voted present because he didn't want to have a single vote that he could be hung by. Boy, oh boy, look at the number he did on the Muslims in the Middle East. You'd think he would have learned with the shitstorm in Iraq, but he didn't even solve Afghanistan. But then he doubled down in Syria, a Russian enclave for 50 years, and was facing nuclear war with the Russians, fighting on the opposite side of Russia. I've never in my life thought I would live to see such madness. And then the betrayal of Gaddafi. Gaddafi was a bad guy? <laughs> no Compared to what? Compared to the murder of Torrios, the CIA murder of Che Guevara, Bolivia, drug running. Pinochet in Chile, the murder. Destabilization up and down Central and South America. The shit storms in, in Honduras supporting the most horrible psychopath, Ephraim Rios Mott. See, the guys who listen in on this call, they're too young to know their history. They should be ashamed of themselves who monitored this call because you couldn't spell Ephraim Rios Mont. You don't know who Jose Napoleon Duarte was. You weren't there. You don't know anything about it. You don't know about the, arch, the murder of Archbishop Romero unless you saw a freaking movie about it. You guys should be ashamed of yourselves. Phonies. Cashing your paycheck. Spying on calls. That's what goes on in the show all the time. Got knocked off the internet. Finally had my internet taken away by Verizon. Turned over to a foreign circuit and never had internet again. Scums. Freedom of speech was almost gone forever had Hillary Clinton won. But China... China, the people in Tiananmen Square, the citizens protesting against these monomaniacal murderers masquerading as leaders. This bang, this gang of mass murderers calling themselves a legitimate government. We should never recognize China 
the People's Republic of China. We should break with the tradition and recognize Taiwan as a sovereign, independent nation. But no, we've had, as cowards, a one-state policy in America where we were willing to kind of defend Taiwan, but not really, but sort of call it a one-state policy, my ass. The people of Taiwan have their own sovereignty, and we should recognize it. But no, we've we've sold them down the river for money. We float in blood. Bush. Clinton. Carter. Obama. These cowards. We've traded with the enemy. At an earlier time, when my grandparents were alive and my father was at his prime, we would have called this trading with the enemy and it would have been treason. And we would have taken our leaders and our businessmen out back and shot them in the head for treason. But no. We get lectured by the Chinese. And we get told by the Chinese that the Europeans have to do something about free speech. And the internet was given away to the Chinese. And the guys in Silicon Valley are told, you need to limit speech. Just look at your Google searches. When you do your Google Chrome browser, and how many sites are, it then comes up as unsafe, propaganda the site at all. Or you only get little pieces because it's called censorship by these liberal billionaire scumbags in Silicon Valley. That's what we almost lost our country to. And this isn't over. Barack Obama, the man who is McAllister, African-American, head of the D.C. National Guard, he's supposed to coordinate all the different military, FBI, Secret Service, police, and Obama fired him effective 12 o'clock on election day, on a inauguration day. Why? So when these little Marxists create their chaos, do we have the Project Veritas videos? I do, but okay, I'll shut up so you can keep moving. Well, if we can do Project Veritas, it's okay. Well, let's get, don't you want to save John Lewis or no? Okay. Not really. I, I'm so sick of listening right, to okay, this fine. phony. We've covered, have we not agree, do we agree that we've covered that he's a phony, that he actually, fine. ...condemning Israel's settlements in the West Bank. It caused him, it caused him to go, you will, to go, you will. Yeah. Israel. Yeah. A few weeks ago, you allowed the UN Security Council to pass a resolution condemning uh, Israel's settlements in the West Bank. It caused a major fallout between the United States and Israel. Was it your decision to abstain? Yes, ultimately. Why did you feel like you had to do that? Well, first of all, Steve, I don't think it caused a major rupture. In yes, it did. You set relations back with Israel decades, and, you, and now you've made it clear that Israel has to go back to the pre-'67 borders. You liar. I think it caused a major rupture in relations between the United States and Israel. If you're saying that 
uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu uh, got fired up. Uh, he's been fired up repeatedly during the course of my presidency uh, around the Iran deal and uh, around our consistent objection to settlements. Uh, so that stop. Stop. This is bullshit about settlements. Let me tell you something. When the decision is made, if there is ever to be a two-state solution, which I never believe they should, there's already a two-state solution. It's called Jordan. Don't you understand? It's Jordan. Jordan. But if there is an imposed two-state solution, are you telling me with a straight face, Mr. President, you fucking phony, that Israel doesn't have the capacity to hand the keys over to the Arab people and they have beautiful homes. Are you telling me that this is really permanent? That anything that the United States and Jordan, by way of Palestinians and Israel, negotiate cannot be simply undone? You don't think that Israel, if need be, will bring the army in and remove the people from those homes? You don't think so? Well, you've never seen illegal settlements when the Israeli army moved the people out. Because I do. You're a phony, Barack Obama. You've always been a phony. Everything about you is a phony. Your history is a phony. Your education is a phony. Your accomplishments are phonies. Everything is now under cloak and top secret. Because nothing you say has ever added up. And you're going to tell me that the... Settlements have been an impediment to peace. What bullshit. All you ever have had to do is tell your Arab brethren, your blood. Don't worry about settlements. You're majoring on the minors. You will have to work with these people. They have a prosperous country. You guys have spent 50 years killing each other, just like black neighborhoods. Rather than build, baby, build, the only thing Palestinians have ever known is burn, baby, burn. So you're going to tell me, Barack, what you did, and you're relying upon the ignorance of the American people. What you did was you turned around and you said the pre-67 borders. Nowhere in any negotiations have we ever had to turn back to the pre-67 borders. Let me tell you, when you get invaded and you lose land, you don't turn around for peace and say, I'll give it all up to you. Always a price. After we beat the, the British... In 1776 and again in 1789 and then again in 1812. In order to get peace, did we give away Boston? No. They invaded and lost and we kept Boston. Did we give up Florida? No. Did we give up New York? No. Did we give up Ohio? No. Did we give up Pennsylvania? No. The victor doesn't give up anything but the anti-Semites at the State Department for decades have forced this on them when every last fucking Palestinian could be moved by John Deere tractor to Jordan and we could give them an extra billion a year. I don't want to interrupt you, but Go on. 
Veritas is very right. important. Very important. But I want to say something real fast. General Motors is coming to the United States, putting a billion dollars into U.S. Um, factories. That's a thousand new jobs. I just wanted to say that. Say what? And what did General Motors say? Oh, we're not doing that. Well, at first, oh, yeah, no. I know they oh, did. Not us. Not us. But well, how come we got to do this? First one. Ford. Now we only have Then five Chrysler. Now GM. Go. You can see all the rest of this at PropagandaEarth.store. And we're playing this, okay, this is a video. It's, a, it's audio sound, that secret sound, and then we're playing it through, through our telephone. You can listen and hear it much better at PropagandaEarth.store. This show's going to end. We're letting you know that I am Propaganda Hitman. The show is Propaganda.Earth. And you can go to PropagandaEarth.store there at PropagandaEarth.store, our pre-probiotics. Those pre-probiotics are specific for your blood type. Wheels of Steel is fighting liver cancer. She started using uh, enema suppository of THC up her rectum as per the medical marijuana program of the state of New Jersey. She goes through detoxification and cleansing, and she's still here fighting for you and fighting for civil liberties and freedom of speech and to inform you. This is a woman who people told me two years ago to put her in hospice and let her die, has a fighting spirit, and you can see that 10% of our time we're fighting behind the scenes, <laughs> screaming at each other about what we should play next and whether I should run my mouth till the show's over. Run with Veritas, but understand, go to PropagandaEarth.store and listen to the audio. Go to Project Veritas, V-E-R-I-T-A-S, because you got to remember, you got to spell these things. People just shoot it out, and who the hell knows? Oh, by the way, Bernie Sanders says, I'm going to be at the inauguration of Trump. Uh, that bullcrap, him not being um, a legitimate president, it's just words, blah, blah. All right, there let's go. go. Here we go. I'm going to have to read this because it's hard. Here we go. So now we have Luke H-U-H-U, no, K, Luke K-U-H-N-D-C. All right, here we go. He's an anti, anti-fascist coalition. You can't hear it. He says, he says, yeah, if you had blank a pint of... B U T Y I C acid. Butyric I wouldn't acid. Care these are, these are how terrible big the, bombs. How, how big the building is. It's closing. So, undercover, Veritas has got these guys who are planning to attack the uh, deplorable ball, the ball for the everyday people. Thursday night. Thursday night oh, prior, they're, they're talking bombs, they're prior talking, to the election. Oh, they're, yeah. talking they're talking about making the sprinklers go off. People. They're talking about bombs. They're talking about stampedes. They're well, talking what, about a pint of butyric acid which smells so awful that no one will stay in the building. And so this is what they're planning, planning. on. So Scott Green, D.C., anti-fascist coalition, and this suffer is very effective. I mean, this stuff is very effective. It's very, very, very smelly, lasting a long time, and a little of it goes a long way. I wish you could hear this. You can. I can barely understand the same. Here we go. I know. I'm trying to think through how to get. So 
So he says, I'm trying to think through how to get all the stinkies to go off at once. Sprinkler, sprinkler. They're sco- hold on. They're scoping the building to find where the air intake is. And then they want the, the smoke elect, the, the sprinklers usually, to go off. Yeah, but listen, now, Colin, do and you... Look, and stop for a minute. It's so easy. You hold a match right next to the rate of rise, and within a minute or two, bam, the sprinklers will go off in the whole place. Colin Dunn, D.C. Anti-Fascist Coalition. There's usually a piece of, like you know, metal or a piece of glass with liquid in it that will blow. That's horrible. This is undercover video of potential criminal acts being planned. These organizers and activists are talking about setting off butyric acid into the ventilation system and setting off fire alarm sprinklers at a Trump inaugural ball later this week. What you're about to see is part one of our hidden camera investigation into the groups and organizations that seek to cause havoc and violence at the Trump inauguration in Washington, D.C. I, Ronald Reagan. I, George Herbert Walker Bush. Preserve, protect, and defend the Constitution of the United States. So help me God. George Bush. No quarter asked, no quarter taken. We're going to screw it all up. I like the idea of the goal being that they have to pull the inauguration inside. Be prepared to help make the inauguration. Shortly after the election, we started getting tips that radical groups are planning to derail President-elect Trump's inauguration, perhaps even trying to shut down the city of Washington, D.C., Various groups, some old, some new, have gathered together under the Disrupt J20 umbrella. Progress Unity Fund, Workers World Party, Americans Take Action, Answer Coalition, and many more. Today's investigation focuses on these guys from the D.C. Anti-Fascist Coalition. The message has to be that you know, we do not recognize any government either. If you try to close us down, we will look for your house yeah. Early on, one of our journalists was sent an email inviting him to a planning meeting. The discussion centered around disrupting the Deplorable, a big pro-Trump inaugural ball scheduled the night before the inauguration. And it would be really interesting if we could stop him from having It was at this meeting where we met Scott Green, Luke Kuhn, and Colin Dunn. They were very gung-ho and clearly well-versed in the dark arts of sabotage. We already know what we're all there for, so we won't be so, okay, so this is, we don't have to use the word deplorable at all, yeah, and things like that. So just in case there are Yahoo's in there. Through emails, another meeting was set up at the infamous Comet Ping Pong Pizza Restaurant in Northwest Washington, D.C. I was mentioning things that ruin, that ruin the evening, you know, ruin their output, uh, or otherwise make it impossible to continue with their plans. The Deplorable is being held here at the National Press Club in downtown Washington, D.C. The plan set off butyric acid stink bombs forcing everyone to evacuate the premises. Uh, 
pint of butyric acid, I don't care how big the building is, it's closed and it's staying closed for a while. Yeah, yeah. Um, With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.